welcome to today's daily podcast as we continue in our study of the book of Nehemiah. Today we are in chapter 10 and I'm going to read just the very last line of this chapter. It says, We will not neglect the house of our God. In some translations it says, We will not neglect the temple of our God. Well, as we saw when we looked at Ezra, the temple has been rebuilt. And now, going through the book of Nehemiah, we've seen how under his amazing leadership, the walls and gates of Jerusalem have been rebuilt and restored. We've seen how the people of God have come together and worked together, how they've repented, and that there's been restoration within their community. This brought us all the way up to chapter 8, where Ezra the priest read the law to the people, and they renewed their covenant with God. They then celebrated with the festival of shelters. In chapter 9, we saw how the people together publicly confessed their sins. And now in chapter 10, we see how the people agree to obey. If you like, they, they agree they make their vows in their covenant process, vows that are specific. Just as we do when we witness people getting married, they make vows to one another, they make promises. And that's what's happening in this chapter. And interestingly enough, there are just two parts to this vow. It's really simple. Two parts to the promise of their obedience, in a, their agreement to obey. And the first is to do with marriage. And the promise is to not intermarry. Now, this isn't saying we can't have intercultural marriages today. In the New Testament, the context would be that we are not to be unequally yoked. And so the emphasis now is not marrying someone who is not a Christian. Now, of course, if we get married as non-believers and then one person becomes a believer, then they don't get divorced. Their job is to witness by loving their partner. Their job is to witness in action more than words actually. But the issue here in the Old Testament is not so much the issue of marriage, it's to do with worshipping idols because when they intermarried that's what they did, they began to worship idols and it's that that God is tackling here. He's saying my people are to be holy. In our recent half week of prayer Hannah sent me this, she said that God spoke to her and you'll see how it relates to what we're talking about. She said, God said, Lester has many gods and needs to have one. Let the church stop being passive while my lost children are worshipping idols in vain. I'd want my church to be moved with compassion and to go out to other faiths and to show them who my son is. Then my church shall truly become a church of many nations through those who have turned from their false idols to worship me. There was a time when I would send many from this nation as missionaries to the wider world. Now people from many nations have come to Leicester, and now is a time to be missionaries in your own city. God hasn't changed. The call remains. Let's not be unequally yoked, and let's worship one God and tell those of other faiths about Jesus. Well, the remainder of the chapter has to do with the next part of the vow, and it's all about giving. And there's a list, so I'm just going to read them through for you. 
Firstly, it says that they are to take their merchandise and grain to be sold on the Sabbath. That is, take it to the temple. They are to cancel debts every seven years according to the law. They are to make their annual payment to the temple in order for the temple to be looked after by God's people. They are to provide and make provision for the priests and Levites, noting that the Levites are equivalent of our worship leaders today. It's interesting, the first 14 verses of this chapter simply name the priests, the Levites and the leaders. They are to promise to bring the first part of the harvest every year to, te to the temple. And finally, they are to give a tenth of all that was collected to the Levites at the temple to be placed in the storerooms there. And again, this takes us to the New Testament. We remember that Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. And so, likewise for us, in the time of our building project, we often said, God doesn't want your money, he wants your heart. And this is a heart issue. How we give, how we respond to our belongings, all of this, which is a trust issue, is a heart issue. And that's why it is part of this covenant vow. Well, as I said, the last line of this chapter then is, we will not neglect the house of our God, the temple of our God. And so you can see why that verse is there. It, it's there because it's all around the giving and where our heart lies. So today I want to encourage us, will we promise together? You see, we are the body of Christ. We are the temple. We are called to worship no other. We are called to give generously. And we are called to give to the church that God has placed us in. Yes, we're called to follow Jesus together. So, as we listen to this, what will our promise be? Let me pray. Lord, we thank you again for how your word is so relevant for us today. And Lord, we repent of not addressing the issue as we should of other faiths in our city. Teach us, Lord, how to do this. Bring many nations to know Jesus as Lord. Would you rebuild our city in this time? And as your people, we say yes, Lord, to obedience and following you. Yes, because we are the body of Christ. We are your temple. We will worship no other God but you. We acknowledge and choose to obey the call to live generously in all that we have. And we promise to give to the church that you have called us to be part of. Together, we promise to obey you and to follow Jesus. Amen.